Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. Hey, Paul, how's it going, man? It's going well, Jack. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I was listening to a podcast this weekend, and I, and I heard them make the same joke that I made. Is this a coincidence, or is it a listener? Well, no, it's a total coincidence. It was oh, the okay. first time I've ever listened to this podcast. These guys, you know, like Subway was their sponsor, so they've been oh, around. Nice. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. They, they have some listeners. But anyway. Uh, it must not be about paint. Correct. It was, what if Paul and Jack did a, a podcast about movies really oh, which i think we should well because what these guys do but anyway the joke that he made before i get into what they do and <laughs> paul and jack that made movies is uh he, he goes hey johnny well i wish i could come up with something different to say every time i just start up my episode and i'm like man that's the podcaster struggle it yeah, is real it, it really is yeah yeah because i think what we were maybe six eight episodes in and it's yeah. been the theme ever since yeah but these guys so what they do is they take it, it's really kind of interesting they do it, it's like football and movies mixed together because oh, that'd be cool they do a movie draft oh i know who you're talking about yeah, yes yeah. i do know that yeah yeah, yeah. and they uh i'm avid listeners to their show every okay week. okay yeah, yeah yeah that that i listened to it and went this is paul and jack if they did a movie uh movie podcast yes that is <laughs> that is actually who i have always wanted to be if i was able to be a professional podcaster <laughs> <laughs> well, I had them recommended from somebody, you know, because I do podcasts. We obviously always get podcast recommendations. And I did the Joe Walker. I used it to help me go to sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah just rambling about heist movies or something. And yep. uh, yeah, it was good. But anyway, it was hilarious because I was just like, <laughs> that's, that's my thing. I do that every week. So, Paul, uh, for the new, how do they get a hold of the tech service team here at Carbline? Yeah, honestly, still email is the best or phone calls. You can call us at any of the Carbline phone numbers. You can get us at technical service at carboline.com. And uh, if you go to our website, uh, check out the newly launched solution spot. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, there is, you can get a hold of them uh, via the chat function. That's right. The chat will pop up anywhere on our website. The blog spot is a good place to start, and you can read some articles. There were some of them written by some guys here in tech service. Yeah, and maybe you're reading an article, and you have a question about that article. You can reach out and talk to the person who wrote it. Yeah, pretty much right there and then on the, the chat. Author. Yeah, well, not me. I wrote a bunch of them, but you can get Bill and Blaine, and uh, they probably know more than I do anyway. I don't know. I think my team would sell you out in a heartbeat if somebody said, I need to talk to Jack. They'd yeah, they give probably, your contact info. They probably would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started to like go into it, but then I realized everything that I say when I make that joke is not appropriate for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> So today, uh, we want to kind of take a look at a major problem that happens within our industry, and it deals with when we get into the situation of relining tanks. And one of the things that can happen, let's say there's a premature failure of your coating system, is usually the, the lead cause there, but it is not unheard of for steel tank bottoms to corrode badly and uh, in pitting corrosion. So Paul, talk a little bit about pitting corrosion. Yeah, so usually what we're talking about with pitting corrosion is it's isolated spots. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that spot can be very large, but usually it's small spots in clusters. Yes. And if they go too long, then they turn into large spots. So when we talk about a pitting corrosion cell, Typically, you have a localized corrosion cell. You'll have an anode and a cathode in very close proximity to each other, and that is where your corrosion starts. That differential is what does it. The deeper that pit gets, 
the bigger that differential gets and the faster that corrosion happens. Mm -hmm. So when we look at it, you know, you can see several different types of pits. You know, you have narrow ones, you have wide, shallow ones, you have undercutting ones where it goes in in a short, finite spot, and then it may undermine the rest mm -hmm. of your of your tank for large spaces. Each of these have little different mechanisms as to how you get there, but they sure. all have the same problem. And the problem really comes down to an imperfectly smooth surface where you've got these divots frequently with sharp edges and always not level with the surface. So they create difficult areas to do surface prep, difficult areas to clean and difficult areas to coat and fill. Sure. So just to kind of further bring that home is uh, in the book that I was reading earlier, the Munger book, we talked about it recently. Yep. One, the way it kind of referred to the pitting corrosion is it took it a step further. It's like in that localized spot, it's the steel dissolving into the solution at a faster rate. <laughs> and just the way that it put it like that, I was just like, oh, because, you yeah. know, like, but yeah, and they come in all shapes and sizes. One of the things to think about is the edges uh, usually around the pits are sharp. Yep. Um, typically thing. And, and, and the reason I bring that up is that that can cause problems. So typically when we see pitting corrosion, we're relining a tank. So Paul, the first thing we have to do before we do anything when we reline this tank is we have to decontaminate the tank. You know, that is always the first step. And it's overlooked so many times. Every single surface prep standard starts with you have to clean the surface first. And cleaning includes disinfecting, neutralizing anything that was there, removing all contaminants from the previous exposures. It could be atmospheric and you're exposed to soot and ash and, you know, acid rain, whatever it is that you have in that area. Or it could be inside of a tank. Mm -hmm. You may be seeing, you know, mic corrosion. You might be seeing some biological of a different form. You might see it in an oil tank. Mm -hmm. You can see it in um, wastewater services. Pretty much anything. And in steel. Lots of steel. Usually, yeah, this I type mean, of corrosion we talk about is Correct. Steel. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. The pitting corrosion, too, keep in mind, like you said, isn't uniform, isn't across the whole. It can be uniform, oh, yeah. and but it is not the same corrosion mechanism as universal corrosion because that's usually across like universally across the whole thing one thing that you will notice about pitting corrosion is there's nothing universal about it it's kind of like a snowflake right right here we are again paul we're coming up on october and we're going to be at WebTech. well kind of we're going to be virtually at WebTech from october 5th through 9th make sure you go in there there's a thing called power hours and you can meet with a coding expert from carbline to talk about whatever your situation is and ask questions and learn about products and that's power hours at WebTech. Uh, that's october 5th through 9th if uh, you do that you can ask us about a certain product paul yeah one of the main products we'll be talking about is reactamine 760. basically you're looking at a hybrid plural technology that has great microbiological induced corrosion, MIC for those of you on the know, and uh, hydrogen sulfide protection. Yeah. So it, ask them about it when you get there. Absolutely. It is also certified for NSF ANSI standard 61, so you can use it for potable water as well. And it will also be NSF 600 certified when that rolls around January 1st, 2023. Exactly. That's Reactamine 760 and uh, WebTech. Thanks the pits themselves can make it harder to decontaminate. They are excellent collectors of any of the things that would cause problems in our coating system. They really are because in a lot of cases, not only are, do they have a narrow opening at the top, they sometimes and frequently get wider after you get through that surface layer. So whatever you're doing, whether it's pressure washing, water jetting, you know, any chemicals you're putting into it or just air, 
if you're abrasive blasting, media gets trapped in there, but it gets in and it has a harder time getting out. Mm -hmm. So things have a tendency to collect in these, which make it worse. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea of how you have to treat these, really what you want to look for is, number one, it's an edge. There's always an edge to these. Yep. And we know that coatings don't like edges. No. And even coatings that you know advertise and, and publicize great edge retention properties, it's great properties over bad. It's not that they're perfect. They're just better than the average. Sure. I mean, it has something to do with the surface tension that is yep. way over my scientific pedigree, and I'm not even going to pretend to go down that road because... I mean, surface tension is a very interesting thing. If you ever yeah. notice, like if you fill up a glass with water, if you truly fill it to the top, you can get a mounding effect of the water that if you're inquisitive like I am, I mean, how many other people, you know, could sit there and stare at a glass of water and go, <laughs> man, isn't that cool? Because like, I don't understand how that dome of water doesn't fall off the side. So my wife has been faulting me lately that our daughter has developed a true love of chemistry. Okay. She wants to be a physician, but is really stuck in loving her chemistry class and really not enjoying her biology class right now. She's only in high school. Sure. A lot of that is, you know, what else is going but on? But she has both things. of those at the same time? Yeah, they're both, and they're both honors and AP classes. High school yeah. got harder. Yeah, That's a did. whole other sidebar, yeah. but continue. Yeah. But she, <laughs> she really enjoys that part of chemistry. And every day I come home and she's got some new thing she discovered. Like in this case... That's called the meniscus. Okay. You know, that dome that forms on it. Yeah. And that's why you want to look through glasses at a certain level so that you can see because it's going to either cup down or cup up depending on the surface tension. Yeah. And that really is the case of these. A, a coating with good surface tension can overcome a lot of that gravity function that's causing it to crawl away from an edge. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, with these pits, we want to fill them. And it's for more reasons than just a smooth surface. I mean, you have amplified areas for corrosion in those pits. Yeah. And like we said already, that is a localized corrosion cell all in itself. So we have to neutralize that. Mm -hmm. And you know, we know the three legs of corrosion that you need to have for a corrosion cell to happen. And by getting a good coating structure around it, we can remove two of them. Mm -hmm. And really, you only have to remove one in order to prevent the corrosion from happening or really slow it. And so if we can remove two, all the better. So one of the things that we normally like to start with is, if you're able to, to get rounded off on those edges. Sure. Ideally, we'd love to see eighth inch rounding on those edges. That's not always going to happen on these kinds of things. No. You know, 16th is kind of the bare minimum everybody looks at and says, can I get a 16th? But in a pitted tank, when you have narrow pits or some of these, these very small wormhole style pits, you're not going to be able to always get in and do that. No. You really need a coating that can do the work for you. And, uh, you know, obviously when we look at the different mechanical abrasions uh, that we would look at, because just like with everything else, a pitted tank bottom needs to be mechanically abraded before you apply a coating system. Where it becomes tricky, and this is a kind of uh, a similarity to concrete that the... Uh, a pitted tank bottom will have is that it's really hard to reach the recessed areas with everything except for abrasive blasting. And I'm not saying that you have to abrasive blast if you have a pitted tank bottom. What I'm telling you is there is nothing in any of the other mechanical methods that will come close to preparing it the same way as abrasive blast. And right. 
I don't say that lightly because a lot of people can just easily say that universally about abrasive blasts. There are enough mechanical tools in our industry these days that you can still get an angular profile outside of an abrasive blast. However, when you have the recessed areas of the pits, and like Paul said, you talk about sometimes they're smaller at the top, wider at the bottom, abrasive blasting is the only thing that reaches down in there. So that's why it's very important when you're formulating a coating for this service, you realize that the surface prep within these pits themselves isn't going to be great but sometimes the pits themselves can have anchoring effect on their own they sure do because usually they're not smooth it's an uneven surface on the inside and they're usually in small areas so you get a natural anchor profile similar to like you would in concrete sure you're not creating it like you would with the abrasive blast on steel but there's something there and so what you really want to look for is a coating that's high enough solids Yep. That you can get it into these pits. And if it pools in these pits, you don't want to end up with solvent entrapment. Correct. So you're typically looking at very high solids, close to 100% solids products in most cases. You also need something with a good working time. You don't want it to skin over because if it skins over, sets up or cures too quickly, you're going to end up just bridging that. Mm -hmm. Or having, yeah, you'll have uncured coating in the bottom of the pit because if it 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 skinned on top. And the real trick here is it's got to have enough viscosity to fill the pit and have good edge retention, but it's also got to be low enough in viscosity that it flows into that pit. Correct. And when it flows in, what you're hoping is it also pushes out anything that was left in there. Yeah. Whether it's a a liquid contamination, which you shouldn't paint over liquids. Nope. But we all know sometimes it happens. Yep. Whether it's debris that might've been left in there. We never advocate painting over dust and debris, but sometimes it happens in these pits. Uh-huh. Or whether it's just air, you need to displace what's in the bottom mm-hmm. of these pits. So you need a material that'll flow and allow that to come out. And that's where that working time is important yes. too, because if you just trap air in there, it's not as good either. And and the longer a coating stays open, that's why a lot of times when you see these penetrative type primers, they have a long curing time because it's constantly... Uh, working itself into that penetration, filling, pushing the air out. If you have it set up really fast, you just trap that air within the film. In fact, if you think about the fastest curing products on the coating market today, you're looking at the polyurea, structural poly, you know, the fast set polyurethanes. If you take a cross section of those, they almost always have air in them just because of how fast they cure. You're talking about seconds. So for pitting corrosion, it's a little bit different than your universal corrosion. You get these pits of varying sizes, all depends on the the mechanism that caused it. It can be because of chemical attack. It can be because of coating failure. A lot of things lead to the pitting corrosion. And then the challenges are the the fact that you now have to fill these pits and uh, the edges of the pits don't really like to be coated so you have to find a coating that's high enough edge retention but low enough viscosity that it can flow into the the pits and and give us a good displacement of the air anything like that Uh, give us good adhesion within the pits so that our lining system that goes over the top of it can perform very well little shameless plug here at carboline you want to look at uh, tank shield fp that's our 100 solids flow primer yep and we were just uh doing some evaluations on a new one that might be coming out yeah one with a little more chemical resistance yeah yeah so really interesting stuff great to work with yeah if you have any more questions uh we told you earlier in the show how to get hold of paul and his guys they'd be grateful to help you for paul i'm jack have a great week 
And so, for the Carbaline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like to thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carbaline? Who put the line in Carbaline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carbaline.